0: This did not go where I expected. (laughs) This podcast was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic outdoors at an East Nashville cafe. Hey, y'all. Sloan Spencer here. You found us. It's One Hit History, the new podcast where we talk with music people about what's your favorite one hit wonder. We're fixing to jump in talking with our friends Keisha Bailey and Alan Thompson of the band Lady Couch. They got a new record out called Future Looks Fun. It's on Blackbird Records. You can find it in all your favorite places where music is available. We'll talk with them a little bit throughout the conversation about their own music as well and the cool stuff they have coming up. But first, let's just jump right in. So, y'all, what's your favorite one-hit
1: wonder?
2: Oh, my God. This is so hard. So,
1: we've got a lot of favorite one-hit wonders, but that recent Geico commercial with Tag Team has taken me back to the spring of 1993 and made me really think about "Whoop There It Is by Tag Team versus "Woot There It Is by 95 South. (laughs) The chorus is almost identical, minus the spelling of the woomp and or woot in the title. Subject matter, kind of similar. I feel like uh, tag teams, the writing's a little stronger. Lyrically, it's a little bit more poetic. Both of them are, you know, pretty much worldwide sports anthems at this point. uh, Absolutely. If anybody has been to a football game or owns any of the... uh, 385 editions of Now That's What I Call Music, you've definitely heard them both.
0: (laughs) So both songs, uh, platinum at the minimum, in fact, the whoop version of it, multi-platinum and the woot version, platinum, both of them in the Hot 100, and just absolutely successful in and of their own right. But it's been that continuation through sports and advertising that have made these songs of the millennium in many ways.
1: I mean, they opened the door for um, Who Let the Dogs Out, many other one-hit wonder classics.
0: We're going to feature the song Who Let the Dogs Out on another one-hit history, because there's actually quite a bit more behind the scenes about that particular song as well. So hold those thoughts on that particular song. But yeah, the the styling. I'm I'm interested. I'm looking forward to that episode. It is nothing at all what you think. That's all I'm going to say. This particular type of sound was that was coming out in the early 90s. I, of course, very much associate with the Atlanta sound that was coming with Tag Team. They developed as like house DJs out of the strip club scene of Atlanta, which has been a vibrant musical and performance scene for many decades. If you're not from Atlanta or you haven't been to Atlanta or you missed Atlanta in the 90s, I mean, that's just what it was. They came up out of the DJ scene there at a club called Magic City. And the day they recorded this, they took it into the club to play it and got immediate response from the folks there. And they were like, heck yeah, we got a hit here. And then no major labels would touch it because it was a different kind of sound, that sort of Southern-based thing that ultimately we all reflect on it and are like, oh yeah, that was a scene, but they were opening that door. But the major labels weren't ready for this sort of positive party, you know, Southern-based thing. So they borrowed money from a family, pressed 800 copies on their own, sold them in parking lots right away. And ultimately, Mercury Records was like, I think maybe this guy who like used to work for Stax will figure out how to market this for you. So they put Al Bell in charge. And there you are. Number one, hot R&B. Number two, hot hundred Platinum. Oh, I didn't realize that
1: Al Bell was their A&R.
0: Is that insane? Al Bell. Big deal here. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't realize that. Yeah, nobody else would touch it. All the labels like couldn't figure it out because they're like, this is like a fun song. What do we do Uh
1: with that? Well, that was a big issue in all over the East Coast. I mean, you know, what Dre and DJ Quick and everybody else were doing in Los Angeles, like, that was pretty much the standard. You had, like, the two live crew pockets in Miami, and we'll get to there when we start talking about 95 South. Right, because they're Miami. You had all of these things happening, like, in the Atlanta strip club scene and in New York with Wu-Tang and Puffy and, you know, B.I.G. and everybody like that, but... None of them had broke yet. And everyone, even the New York-based labels like Def Jam, was afraid to touch any of these East Coast yep.
0: I definitely can't speak to like the whole East Coast, West Coast thing that ultimately developed out of that. I'm not an expert on it. The sound was different, and it had a different thing behind it in a lot of ways that the industry was like, we
2: don't know. Right. But if we're speaking of one-hit wonders, and our favorite one-hit wonders, speaking of bells, Anita Ward, You Can Ring My Bell. That other hits, but right? She sure the hell didn't. That was the only one that was the top 10. Well, ever. that's a damn shame because she's amazing. You can ring my she's bell. She's amazing. Her one <laughs> hit was Ring My Bell. You Ma'am. can ring my bell. We should probably cover that.
1: Yeah, we probably should, actually. That'd be a really good little press to do. It's a
2: nice transition from Thank Al Bell you. to Anita Bell. Oh I got to tell you, that's a good job, <laughs> I was trying to segue at the end of it. Uh. Anyway, that's why you're my
1: sister. I love you so much. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: segue us back into One Hit Wonders.
0: I adore One Hit Wonders so much so that it's probably one of my favorite musical subjects. But what I really like about asking this question to music people is that almost everybody has mentioned something that is outside the genre of music that they write. And that aspect of it has been fascinating to me.
1: You know, like, when you're asking musicians about it, it's kind of a different thing. Like, just when we were, like, when we were talking about Anita Bell, like... Anita Ward. Or Anita Ward, like, ring my bell. Yes, yeah, sorry. There's so much of what she's done that, like, I love that I don't... Like, yes, that might have been her one hit, but I don't think about it in those terms. It's the same way that, like, I don't think about... The Grateful Dead as being a one-hit wonder, even though "Touch of Grey is the only hit they
2: had. You know, that- even was thinking of like the verb right and doing "Bittersweet Symphony." Is it bittersweet? I mean, yeah. How many people covered that tune? That was the only song that they actually had.
0: My philosophy about this is hit is defined however you want to define it. So if it's like the only song that your band is known for, so like Aha with Take On Me would be a great example from the 80s. In the U.S., that's the only song they're known for. In Europe, they were a wildly popular band with dozens of popular songs. But here, that's it. Hit is whatever it means for the conversation. But so this particular song that y'all chose, the Whoop There It Is, which, by the way, has two different official titles of its own. You can have Wimp With one oh or two. So it's either whoop, there it is, or it's whoop, there it is. I think they're getting credits under both. But then there's also this one out of Miami by ninety-five south that is almost the same tagline, but the song itself is different. Woot,
1: there it is.
0: I don't know right. this one at all. I had to go back and listen and I was like, yeah, that's exactly the same. This is completely outside of my wheelhouse.
1: The subject matter is a little bit different. Like ninety five South, like Woot There It Is is definitely more female body appreciation-based is what I was <laughs> trying to say, <laughs> sorry, but... yeah.
2: well, I'm going I'm to say it in the East Tennessee manner. It's the <laughs> <and based>. um, <laughs>
1: Where I think uh, whoop, there it is, is more um, talking about their particular art scene as a whole, even though that particular art scene was also TNA-based. They articulated it in a, in a little bit more of a poetic way. For me growing up, my older brother had the Camaro with the bazookas, and, you know, we listened to so much 2 Live Crew and so much Miami Bass Wars and all of that, because, you know, you got to shake that car. I was, <laughs> I was, I was a whoop, there it is, man. Before I was a whoop, there it is, man. Oh, my God. I oh. missed that car. Then as I wanted to become more of a lyricist, I appreciated tag team a little bit more.
2: <laughs> so you partied on, party people, now let's begin? Exactly. Okay. okay. <laughs> <All> right, right. <laughs> This is also very informative. This is good for me to know who I've been doing this that's with why for three I years. Because I thought this
1: would be really fun for
2: you and I to like, <laughs> ah! but that's
1: why I didn't want to do like any of the research or any of the talking together. I, just to I wanted this, this conversation to be exactly what this conversation oh, is. Oh, I'm dying inside. Right. Yeah. So I have not
2: Keisha. stopped smiling since either of these conversations. Started. So Keisha,
0: what is it you're learning about your bandmate here through this conversation? <laughs>
2: Lord have mercy. Just when I think I can't learn anything else, I think the one thing that I constantly pick up from Alan, and I'm very lucky enough. Our trumpet
1: I'm, player is driving an Uber, and uh he just pulled he up. He's passing. It's, it's, yeah, we we
2: welcome park. to Nashville, y'all. Sorry, yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, Kirk. Hi Kirk, we love you. We love you. No, but we are love. doing an interview oh talking God. about Santa, he as a matter a of fact. Of water? <laughs> What's his favorite flavor? Oh, he's, oh, he's a populous guy. He loves it. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're referencing
0: our other podcast called Bubble Bottles, which this band, Lady Couch, has also oh been on. Lord, if you haven't heard heartache. that one, y'all should check that out. It's at bubblebottles.com. But right now we're talking one-hit history.
2: So with Alan and one-hit history, the thing is, is that Alan is really good about explaining a tune. There have been so many times that I will think that A song that I think I've known my whole life. I said one thing, and then Alan's like, "What are you saying? What are you saying? That's not what they're saying." Like, think about it in this aspect, and I, I have to sit back and go, "How the hell did I not know this? And how did you know this without me?" It's the same with everyone who wonder too well, see, there this are, is
1: why I didn't pick Wishing Well or This Love because I knew that you and I would just have the same things to say about Anita Baker or Terrence Trent Darby
2: also I it had my braids in yeah. and I would have been pissed if you had picked Wishing Well <laughs> <laughs> so he knows me on another level too I would have been super pissed if we had been talking about Terrence Trent Darby we're not doing that today. <laughs> Keisha with Braids is not talking about Terrence Trent. I will say, though, if you want to have us back to talk about Terrence Trent Darby,
1: I am so down. <laughs> Sweet Love, not This Love. Sorry.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. This
1: Love definitely in five. I don't want to talk about them really that much at all.
2: No. They had a bunch of one hits until they finally had a whole hit record for 10 years. Yeah, no, they great. had one hit for 10 years. He's good on that TV show. I like him. What? I don't even know if he's there anymore. Anyway. So basically what I've learned of Alan through all of this, and in our one-hit wonder drum, if you will, is that a word? Sure. Um, Put it down. I know that I can call Alan and say, have you heard this? What the hell have I been sleeping on? What is this? Or he'll send me things. And I'll think, oh, I've heard this before, but I'll realize that this is the only song from said artist that has ever happened. And then I immediately start thinking, damn. Are you listening to this whole record? And then I listen to the record, and I go, Nope, you're not listening to the whole record. You're listening to this one song. Uh, well, I, find <laughs> my, it's great. I find
1: my tune, and I pick it. I mean, there's certain albums that i like... you Devil. ...are my albums, but I'll listen to people long enough until that one song that really speaks to me, and then that song just becomes my song.
2: I know, and I enjoy, that you chose Whoop There It Is. Versus Whoop There It Is.
1: I think it's an important thing to talk about because, like, I would be interested to know, like, how these two acts feel about one another. Because you know they've got to have been on a ton of bills together, especially, like, in the early 2000s and stuff.
2: So, basically, one's a dance mix and one's a studio mix. Well, they're different.
1: They're Atlanta versus Miami
2: dance songs. But they're right down the road. They just changed a, a P to a T. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was subject matter. So they cheated off of, of one another. This would be like they Patty they LaBelle and Dionne Warwick singing the same song and, and they refused. They didn't know about each other.
0: Yeah, the songs Go came ahead. out like a Want month them apart, them? but there's no evidence that they knew each other ahead of time. They both were writing a song based on a commonly used phrase in their community. Right. And just kind of riffing on the
1: phrase. Yeah. And the, like neither of them had any idea that it's like Garth Brooks and Todd Snyder with Beer run
2: you know okay Okay, wait okay now my question is though is that did they both know what whoop there it is was they knew what there it is what was there it is when it was there it is was it an object what was there for it to be is (laughs) do you think lady cops could do a cover of Whoop? there it is
1: I think we should do like a, we should merge them both. Since we're a jam band, we should do the, mm-hmm. the, the segue, you know, with the arrow on the set list, and do woot there it is into woot there it is into
2: the other one. Absolutely, you should. Yeah. no we do. We got to do salt and pepper after that, then. Yeah, I also have to go back right into what a man. I want to take a minute or two to give much respect to. Got to go yeah. right into some.
1: Well, yeah. Then though no, I, I also would like to combine uh, week by SWV. With twice as hard by the Black Crows, because you know that all four of those oh, humans Jesus. learn how to sing from the same person, because they, they they all all their voices sound the same. there and, uh, is yeah So like I, I I'd be really intrigued to like show all of those weird neighborhood connections.
0: This did not go where I expected.
1: <laughs> Me either. I know. I'm so sorry. I I could probably write a dissertation on how like I think Chris Robinson should have been a member of SWV like. He sings just like the other three girls in that band.
2: Oh, he definitely <laughs> sings better than the,
1: the alto. My big theory with Athens is that there's one teacher at UGA that was a big Ethel Merman fan, which is why Fred Schneider and John Bell and Michael Seif all kind of sing about the same. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love to see Todd Snyder barefoot just walking out on stage. Time after time after time, I'm trying to hide it. I would love to see him walk out barefoot, just all of a sudden popping in on an SWV song. Been all over the place
0: with Keisha Bailey and Alan Thompson of Lady Couch and their one-hit wonder mirror twins of Whoop, There It Is and "Woot There It Is by Tag (laughs) Team and 95 (laughs) South, respectively. (laughs) Future Looks Fine, their brand new album. It is out now. Y'all got a cool video on the way real soon as
1: well. For our song, Do What You Gotta Do, one of our very favorite artists that we get to collaborate, this guy named August Bruston, he's from Estonia. He's one of our favorite animators, and he uh, this is the second video that he's worked on with us, and we're, we're super pleased
2: with it.
0: Very, very cool. So on the road and hanging out with us here at One Hit History, Keisha Bailey and Alan Thompson of Lady Couch. I'm Sloane Spencer. You can find us at onehithistory.com. You can support us at patreon.com slash onehithistory. We also chatted with Keisha Bailey and Alan Thompson of Lady Couch on our other podcast, Bubble Bottles. You can find it there and find out all their favorite flavors. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out their music. We appreciate you. One Hit History is a comedy podcast. We've done slightly less research than your average Wikipedia contributor. We're loose with the facts, and your mileage may vary. Thanks to Jacob Furr for our theme music. You can find his catalog at jacobfurr.bandcamp.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-F-U-R-R.bandcamp.com. Thanks so much for our graphic design and logo from Keith Brogdon. You can find his work at thinkingoutlouddesign.com. Our show notes are crafted by freelance writer April Blake, who you can find at theaprilblake.com.